Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Spirit and Truth podcast. I am co-host here along with Steve Sudworth, who also happens to be my pastor. Uh, my name is Nithin. I am an active member at the Anthem Church in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and yeah, what this podcast is kind of about is, is it's, you know, it's called the Spirit and Truth Podcast. And the verse that we're kind of going off is, uh, is John 4, 23 and 24. And, it's, and this is Jesus speaking. And he says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Note that it says must. I just think that's so, it's so key. And so, um, yeah, you know, this is just our first episode. We don't, we're not claiming to be a long-running weekly episode, but we just thought we'd record one episode and see kind of where to, where to go from there. But without uh, further ado, Steve, would you like to kick yourself off, kick, uh, introduce yourself with who you are and, and kind of just share your testimony and... Uh, yeah, your thoughts on the podcast. Sure, absolutely. Uh, great to be here. Super excited for what God might do with this. Um, trust that uh, yeah, God would just take this and, and use it for His glory. Um, so my name is Steve. I'm one of the elders at Anthem Church. Uh, my wife, Deborah, and I came over to the States from South Africa in 2004 um, to start Anthem Church. Um, our story kind of back before that, I was at university um, in the early 90s studying mathematics and chemistry um, and kind of had a real radical salvation I guess um, didn't really grow up in a, in, in a Christian home my parents were nominally Christian they were culturally Christian I guess we would go to church on Easter and and on Christmas we'd uh, um, but not much more than that and um, when I was a second-year student at university, um, I was invited to church by a girl that I was actually pursuing uh, a relationship with, <laughs> um, and ended up going to church for an entire year, um, but honestly never got saved. I mean, never came to know the Lord. I thought by going to church, I was, I was doing the right thing morally. I thought I was winning my salvation, and then had a radical encounter with God uh, about a year after going to church. And it was odd because the gospel was preached every Sunday and I heard the gospel every Sunday and I never responded to the gospel. But that day, the Spirit of God just, you know, caused the words to, to come alive in my heart, I guess. And um, soon after I got saved, um, I was baptized in water, maybe two or three days after that. And, and then had this radical encounter with the Holy Spirit, which I guess is going to be part of the story that we're going to explore <laughs> Um, over the next couple of weeks, but um, but yeah, just I mean, for now I will use those terms, and we can explore what that means later. But just had a had a powerful, experiential encounter with the Holy Spirit, and in reading in the Book of Acts, kind of found biblical context for that. Um, was was uh, was able to speak in angelic tongues or, or prayer tongues, and again, we'll explore those terms in in time to come. Um, but I uh, continued with, uh, with a career in business. Um, uh, eventually, over many years, um, we were invited onto the leadership team of a church back in South Africa. Um, and we were, uh, we were part-time elders, part-time pastors. I was still working in a, in a corporate job for a big, big chemical company, traveling around the world. And God began to stir a love for this nation in our hearts. And uh, we always thought that 
it would be through business that God would lead us to the States. Um, and my, our desire was always to be a support to a church planter. That was what Debs and I thought God was calling us to. So our, our goal, our dream, our thought was that we would come over to the States, gather a small group of 15 or 16 people over time, and then send out a, a call to a church planter to come and take this small group and begin to start a church. And God got a hold of our hearts and called us to church plant. And so... Mm-hmm eventually resigned from the job that we were in and not not suddenly but in submission to the leaders of the church that we were part of um, eventually resigned from that job went full-time with the church that we were in and a number of years later began to find our way preparing and find a way getting ready to to plant a church in in chicago um i'll share that story maybe at a later point but again god god spoke very clearly through uh, time with him over a number of months, time with him, prophetic words, dreams and visions, which all seem to be leading uh, to to this call to plant in Chicago. And I want to just say very clearly, working in partnership with the the, the leaders of the local church that, that we were a part of. Um, and so in 2004, um, in May, we started Anthem Church. Uh, it was called Church in the City at that point, uh, with myself, my wife, um, our two daughters, who were seven and six at the time, and two friends in an apartment in the old town. And um, mm-hmm. it's been a wonderful journey since then. So that's a little of who I am. Yeah, and the church was just its 17th birthday two weeks ago? Yeah, 17th birthday a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't have nearly as cool of a story as Steve does, but <laughs> <laughs> just real brief. Um, I grew up in an Eastern Orthodox Reformed church. Um, which is as dry as it sounds. And so <laughs> to my friends who are listening to this from the church, I love the Martha Church. Um, and it gave me a heavy, great balance of the truth side, which is the spirit and truth of this podcast. And so for that, I'm, I'm forever thank, thankful for that. Um, but oftentimes, Steve, I kind of think about this quote um, that, you know, they say in the, in the Old Testament that they rejected God the Father. In the New Testament, they rejected um, Jesus Christ, and not today, which is considered the end times, we, we reject the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, or another way to think about it is, I've heard R.T. Kendall say, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible <laughs> is the Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of more or less my experience growing up, where I was biblically serious, and I, I that was my that was my go-to. And I never really considered much about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, if anything, I, I kind of labeled them as crazy Pentecostals or mm-hmm. put them in a box in the opposite camp as well. Um, and didn't really explore until the, the Lord really tugged, tugged in my heart with some, you know, crazy experiences and um, intense encounters with, with the Holy Spirit, um, more or less the same. And as I'm going through this journey, I, I found that there is a lot of abuse and there's a lot of authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, coming to Anthem Church, it is the it is the most authentic that I've seen um, in, in the Chicagoland area. And, and there are other churches, I'm sure, but... Um, so maybe, maybe you could talk about your, your theological background a little bit so that people don't think we're some crazy charismatics for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. No, sure. Um, so personally, I mean, we, uh, we, I, I, was, uh, I came to know the Lord um, back in South Africa at a church denomination called the Church of England in South Africa, which is distinct from the Church of England, distinct from the Anglican Church. Um, and soon after coming to know the Lord, um, ended up at a 
um, I, I want to say charismatic church, but a charismatic church in South Africa means very different to a charismatic <laughs> church in, in America. I remember about six weeks after planting a church in the city, I, I announced with great gusto to the small group that had started coming to our church that we were a charismatic church mm. and half the people um, were up in arms because it means <laughs> something very different here than it does in South Africa. In South Africa, a charismatic church means um, a contemporary church with contemporary worship, mm. um, loves the Word of God and is eager to pursue the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So kind of something around what we are talking about, you know, yeah. this passion for the Word and this desire to to pursue what we see in Scripture, that the Holy mm. Spirit um, is working and ministering and empowering followers of Jesus to advance the kingdom of God in a, in a, very, in a very natural way. Mm. Um, one of my favorite sayings is that it's important when it comes to the ministry of the Holy Spirit that, it's, it's, that we live naturally supernatural and supernaturally natural. Mm. So it's not this, this alter ego which comes upon mm. us and we, we prophesy with, a, with a, a different voice and use phrases like, thus saith the Lord. No, yeah. it's, a, it's a very natural um, following and submitting to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm kind of getting off topic. Uh, getting off topic, but um, so uh, uh, as we were preparing to to uh, church plant, um, I was studying an MBA at the time, and and I paused that and ended up going to seminary um, in South Africa, um, online seminary back in those days. And I'm showing my age when I say this, but um, <laughs> wasn't what it is today. So it was more kind of receiving assignments in the mail and mm. having to write out assignments and type out assignments on a, <laughs> on a typewriter and things like that. But um, yeah, so that was that was my kind of theological background. But um, part of a group of churches called New Covenant Ministries International. Um, uh, New Covenant Ministries are operating into about 85 nations around the world um, with, a, with a passion and a desire to to follow Jesus, that the emphasis is, is on the local church. Mm. So again, it's not a denomination, um, and I think it's 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 what's very clear in the Word of God. You mm. know, you don't see Paul and his apostolic team were serving local churches. Yeah. It wasn't about Paul and Silas <laughs> and Barnabas. It was about local churches. Timothy in in Ephesus, the church in Philippi, the church in Galatia. Um, I think the scriptures make it very clear that elders or pastors are the highest human authority within a local church, mm. not some external denomination that is imposing a particular creed or way of, of, of living or, you know, theology. It's up to the local church pastors to, to determine that. Um, but they are connected with one another mm -hmm. through, again, in scripture, through this apostolic or translocal team and in scripture we see that being Paul. Paul mm. was had relationship with various churches. These churches were connected to one another through this translocal ministry. Always for the purpose of expansion. Always for the purpose of planting churches and seeing the gospel advance within their sphere of influence. So um, Paul's strategy was to plant churches in significant cities mm. so that the gospel could spread out and 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 folks get saved. So that's that's our heart. Is something something of a desire to follow that and bringing that back to the Holy Spirit. I mean, that all of that sounds great, but absolutely impossible in our own strength. Mm. And again, that's my conviction. I think the the the, the word makes it clear. Mm. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, Jesus says in Acts chapter one, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, in order to be witnesses, to be my witnesses." 
And, and I think so much of the quote-unquote charismatic Pentecostal can, can be kind of we, we res- that the Holy Spirit is for me. It's for me mm. to, to, to enjoy. It's for me to... We, we kind of wallow in the Holy Spirit, yeah. which is not, God, it's not God's heart. Yes, God uses the Holy Spirit to minister and heal us, but so that we can be a blessing to others. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I think about, you know, if I'm, if I'm listening to this podcast, I'm like, why do I need the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about, um, and maybe you can help unpack this here, Steve, with, um, I think about Peter, right? Who was one of Jesus's inner three, mm-hmm. um, you know, was, was the foundation on which the church was built, right? Mm-hmm. And sees the resurrected Christ mm-hmm. and goes right back to fishing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that... And in between then and, you know, when he gives the first message, he is, uh, he's restored by, by Jesus. And mm. so um, I think it's so interesting that we see these common men, right? Mm. Um, Peter, it says that Peter was filled with the Spirit, and that's what happens. Can, can you maybe kind of navigate what is that shift that happens with the Peter that was, um, that sees the resurrected Christ and then goes back to fishing, and then the Peter that we see in the book of Acts? Mm. Um, can you... And, kind of a leading question of course sure, but sure. if you can kind of unpack that because um yeah I, I like to think there are a lot of christians that have had encounters with with the resurrected christ right mm. um but we don't maybe move like we should in, in the book of acts and I, and I know in this preaching series we're doing right now you, you shared that quote about asking the lord to not bring our experiences that we read in the book of acts to our level but uh, mm. asking the lord to elevate our experiences to what we read in the book of acts mm. Mm. Uh, can you kind of maybe yeah, unpack yeah. that right there? That's a good question. I mean, I'm going to maybe take it back even further. And and I think, um, you know, the Old Testament um, points to this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, you read through Isaiah and and the, the like the constant theme through Isaiah is, is, you know, water poured out on a dry land, on a thirsty land. Joel, obviously, in, in, in Joel chapter 2, which eventually is the text that Peter uses to to kind of unpack the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, God promises that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Mm. Um, and, and he goes on to talk about the, the various manifestations. But I mean, even in the book of Genesis, um, you know, what was, the, what was the mandate upon Adam and Eve? It was fruitfulness. It was mm. go in and, and take my reign and rule. Go and take my, as, as my image bearers, God is saying over them, go and, go and advance my kingdom, you know, go and, go and, be fruitful and, and govern and rule, and and I think that carries like within the very core of who we are is something which comes alive in us as the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So mm. it's not just a it's not just a New Testament thing. It's it's God, it's been God's plan from from the beginning of time. Genesis chapter twelve, uh, I think a foundational kind of piece. Um, God speaking up over Abram at the time, and He says essentially. I will bless you so that you can be a blessing, you mm. know, and, and and I think it's it's more than just resources and and the goodness of God and the gospel. It's it's God pouring out His very presence upon us, God blessing us with His presence. Mm. Why? So that we can be a blessing, so that we can overflow. Yeah. And and I I just I, I think it's important this idea of being filled in order to overflow. I mean mm. that's. That's the, I think that's something of the heart of God. So, I mean, so, so near and dear to God's heart is, is He wants to fill us. He wants to bless us. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore us to Himself. Why? So that we can be a blessing. Mm. So, so that we can advance the kingdom of God. 
um, and then kind of bringing that into the into the New Testament. I mean, Jesus. I mean, let's before we get to Peter, let's just talk about Jesus for a moment. I mean, in Matthew chapter three, when when he is when he is filled with the Spirit, mm. the Spirit of, of of God comes upon Jesus, yeah. and, um, and and he doesn't start his ministry and, until yeah. he receives the the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I think a significant piece in that is is the Father declaring mm. his his um, it, it's a double assurance of sonship, mm. which I, which I think is so fundamental to understanding the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God comes upon Jesus and the Father says, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased. Way before Jesus had ever healed anyone, preached any sermon, raised anyone mm. from the dead, done anything, the Father is affirming his love for his son. And, and, and I think if you tie that in with Romans chapter 8, which talks about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, it's again, by the Spirit of God, uh, that my spirit testifies mm. that I am a child of God. It is by the Spirit of God that I cry out, Abba, Father. Yeah. You know, and it's this—it's the sense of, of the love of the Father, the sense of, of being a son, being a daughter of God. Um, and, and I think that's one of the, for me, one of the most fundamental. It's—it's it's, yes, the gifts, yes, mm. power, yes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but, but the fundamental truth is mm. this assurance that I am a I am a child of God, and I think that was significant to your question about Peter. Yeah, you know, Peter saw the resurrected Christ. Peter, who denied Jesus three times, mm. you know, and then after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that same Peter who denied Jesus three times to a to a slave girl. Mm. You remember if you if you remember the account, now stands up in front of this rabid mob of people demanding answers as to why. Why disciples are praying in tongues, he right. has the confidence to stand up and to preach and the gospel. I mean, that's what he does in Acts chapter two. He he declares Jesus as Lord and Savior, the one that you crucified, is what he says to to this crowd. Is now the one who has now died to pay for your sins, and he's and there's this boldness upon him, mm. and you can't explain it other than the Spirit of God had 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 come upon him, and you know so. To your question, you know, why why do we need the Holy Spirit? To, to be empowered, mm. to be empowered, to be assured of sonship or a daughter of, of, of God, but from that place to be empowered to do the work of, the ministry of advancing the kingdom of God, which kind of goes all the way back to Genesis. Mm. What God had said over Adam and Eve, what God had said to Abraham, I'm blessing you so that you can be a blessing. Yeah, that's so good. I think... Yeah, oftentimes I think, uh, yeah, we we do see this this community not to you know pigeonhole or put people in a box, right? But yeah, we see this this group of people that are kind of waiting for this. And and I have a prayer group here, and, and I always ask the question of, you know, why are we waiting for the infilling of the spirit if we're just going to go back to our nine to five jobs? You know, <laughs> it's yeah, and I think it equips us for a calling and and, mm-hmm. and a purpose, and um, and yeah, that's to make much of the kingdom and advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the initial call that, yeah, I love how you pointed that back to Genesis, right? That to, to be fruitful, to multiply mm-hmm. and make, um, and yeah, and the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit is to always make much of Christ too. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. I think yeah, I mean, sorry, if I can just jump in on that. I yeah. mean, I think that's so, I think that's so essential, you know, that the, the Holy Spirit doesn't make much of himself. Mm. And I think that's sometimes where, you know, some church movements can can just it's a it's a degree half a degree <laughs> off you know yeah the holy spirit doesn't make much of himself the holy spirit makes much of jesus 
and we need to we need to remember that we need to we need to uh, hold on to that truth you know that and, and again that you know that helps us even with understanding discerning you know is this God is you know is much being made of Jesus I think is a wonderful test mm. to 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 be sure that perhaps a a supernatural experience yeah. Um, you know, is this is this authentic or not? Right. One of the greatest tests is this making much of Jesus, mm. and and we need to we need to make sure that however the Spirit of God moves or manifests in and through us, we've got to make sure it is always making much of Jesus. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Um, kind of just moving more into, and if you guys haven't picked up by now, I think we both land in the spectrum of theology, um, and Steve, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I would say we're both more Reformed Charismatics, for lack of better terms, or Bapticostals is another <laughs> way I've heard it. Um, and yeah, look, you know, for me, I when I first started venturing into into this journey of, of what it means to understand the Holy Spirit is that I saw a lot of the inauthentic or mm-hmm. a lot of the abuse. And um, I think, you know, Steve, maybe you can help us clarify here, right? So would you say in terms of, I know you use this quote of there are things that are written in blood and there are things that are written in pen and then there are things written in pencil uh, amongst the truths and theologies of different churches. Mm. Where would you place this issue of, or not issue, this this theological topic of the Holy Spirit and how he operates today? Mm. And just to give our audience kind of a broad spectrum of, of what's out there and mm. where this podcast and where we both align theologically. Sure. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a theology, it's a conviction, it's um, it's a truth that I see um, all over Scripture, and I would personally, I would, um, I would fight for it for uh, this for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be to be powerfully manifest in and through my life and in and through the life of Anthem Church. Having said that, for me, it's it's. It's a truth written in pen, not in blood. Mm. Um, because I know there are a number of churches, church movements who think differently to that. And it is not my place to say they are not followers of Jesus. Yeah. Um, for me, the, the issues that are in blood are the issues that, that divide us in terms of are they, am I, are they followers of Jesus mm-hmm. or not? The fact that, you know, if someone were to come to me and say, oh, you know, I'll... I'm a I'm a follower, you know. I love Jesus, and 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 I'm a and I'm a Christian. But you know this idea that 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 Jesus is the Son of God. You know, I just that's that's a truth written in blood. Yeah. That's a that's a. I'm sorry, friend, mm. but on you know on on this we're not going to just agree to disagree. On this, I strongly disagree. That that is that is not what what the Word of God teaches. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, but but having said that. I don't want to diminish the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit mm. because I think it's essential. I, I you know, I, I would, I would not go so far as to say it's written in blood, but I think it is. Yeah, uh, it is a deep, it is a deep conviction that I that I see all over the scriptures. Yeah. So maybe you can. This kind of helps it. Would you say, in terms of practical day to day life, it's essential, um, but theologically, for just you know writing things on a whiteboard, it would land in that. Yes. In that. Yeah. Yes. Um, going back to your question about you know the the abuse that we see you know um, a friend of mine many years ago taught me 
this little saying that is I've kind of held on to: the correction for abuse is not no use but correct use. Mm. So the correction for abuse is not no use but correct use. And and I think we have to acknowledge that unfortunately there has been awful abuse when yeah. it comes to the the ministry, the stewarding, the administration of the Holy Spirit in churches. And um, you know, I mean, that's a whole nother topic uh, that we could spend. A number of episodes mm. on, you know, talking about how essential it is that we we partner with the Holy Spirit and administrate His move and His gift gifts with wisdom and with humility and with love and with and mm. with care for the for the person that is that we are ministering over or with, um, and and we have seen abuse and we have seen people use the gifts poorly and make it about themselves and use it to give themselves a platform. Um, but the correction for that is not to dismiss the gifts completely, mm-hmm. which is which is our kind of human tendency. The correction for the abuse, for the gifts being used poorly, is correct use. Mm. Is to go back to the scriptures, especially texts like First Corinthians twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, mm. um, which interesting we're going to be speaking about tomorrow at church. <laughs> um, but but you know to go back to those texts and to say, all right, what what does the word of God how does the Word of God direct us as to the administration or stewardship of, of the gifts? Um, opening our hands, allowing the Spirit of God to move, but in a manner which brings order and, yeah. and comes under um, uh, anointed, gifted, appointed leaders. Who, in a, a, speaking of, obviously, a church context. Right. Um, and it doesn't guarantee that no mistakes will never be made. Mistakes mm. will be made. You know, even the most sincere person who loves Jesus with all of their hearts and the most humble person will make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but if the, if the mistake is made in the context of humility and, and wisdom and love, then we can learn from those mistakes rather than um, cause further damage. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, Steve, I, I feel like our heart with this podcast is that, hey, we're not the final truth. You know? <laughs> there's, there's, there's a spectrum. And I remember... When we first met, I was kind of frustrated with, you know, there's all these different pastors out there, you know, the Tim Kellers of the world and the the Bill Johnsons and, and who's right, you know, if, mm-hmm. if they all have the Holy Spirit within them, how come, you know, they're all almost landing different mm-hmm. in terms of theolo- theologically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it, there, there's a quote that you that you said to uh, eat the chicken, spit out the bones, mm-hmm. right? And I think Paul kind of talks about how, you know, we're not to be swayed to and fro, right? Mm-hmm. But we're supposed to grow into full maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think something that has been helpful for me to understand is that really the only person that has the perfect balance of spirit and truth is Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's almost to an extent why we don't see a pastor who has a right balance of both, mm-hmm. right? That's that's almost mainstream, mm-hmm. like a Tim Keller or a Bill mm-hmm. Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's beautiful because God crafted it that way because I think mm-hmm. he knows our tendency to Id- idolatrize or mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to make idols of these people and put them on pedestals. Yeah. Um, and if there is a pastor that has a great balance, it's, it's usually someone obscure in England, like R.T. Kendall. <laughs> well, I, I should have That's very ethnocentric of my American viewpoint to be speaking here. He's very well known in the UK. But... I just wanted to share a quote that he, he talks about, and he writes this book called Holy Fire. And for me, it was so pivotal in terms of grasping my understanding of the Holy Spirit, my theology of the Holy Spirit, mm. um, and just an, a great man who was um, mentored by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who is, mm-hmm. is very well-renowned, 
Um, and Steve, you're actually uh, mentored by Artie Kendall yourself as well. So that, I think it's pretty cool. And uh, here, the quote, and maybe you can unpack this and whatever thoughts you have. It says, um, Artie Kendall says, he says, there's been a silent divorce in the church speaking generally between the word and the spirit. When there is a divorce, sometimes the children say with the, the mother, sometimes with the father. In this divorce, you have those on the word side and those on the spirit side. Mm -hmm. What is the difference? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a really, you know, I feel like a quote that kind of explains what's going on in America. You know, this Western heuristic that we have of you got to be this or that yeah. uh, instead of both and. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it comes a couple of comments. I mean, I think it comes back to John 1 where Jesus says, you know, or, or John writes that Jesus came full of grace and truth mm. and and the, the the point is that grace and truth are not competing mm. you know when you have more grace it doesn't mean you have less truth yeah that's good or vice versa and i think that's what rt kendall is getting at i think that's what the scriptures teach about mm. like we mustn't see the truth and the spirit as competing kind of options and when we have more spirit we have less truth yeah or more truth less spirit um somehow um supernaturally jesus was 100 percent truth and 100 percent spirit mm. both at the same time and i think that's his heart for his bride if he is the head of the church then we are his body and that's what he wants in us in the body the challenge is if you ask any person any church leader who is a kind of leaning more towards the spirit, mm. they'll say, of course I'm about truth. I love <laughs> the truth. And if you ask anyone who is, you know, kind of against the manifestation gifts and they're all about the word of God, they'll say, of course I'm about the spirit. Mm. You know, so that's the challenge. Mm. And and I'd say the same for myself. If you were to ask me which, you know, I'd say, of course we're about both. Yeah. But I know that we do have a leaning one mm. way or the other, you mm. know. And, and so I think it's it's important to for us all to acknowledge that we do have a leaning, yeah. we do have a preference, we do have a, a tendency to to kind of lean to one side or the other. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a certain season or what have you that we kind of tend. But God wants us somehow. God wants us as we surrender our lives to Him, as we make that commitment in in Galatians five to keep in step with the Spirit. Mm. That beautiful, I love that 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 verse. You know, keep in step with the Spirit. What does it mean to to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. If, as we do that, um, surrender our lives to Jesus and, and make it about Him, that somehow um, we would be able to be all truth and all spirit. Right. You know? it's, I don't think it's necessarily a kind of a five-point checklist to get mm. there. Um, it's about relationship. It's about, it's about leaning into relationship with God. It's about learning to, to listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, just for, for the sake of interest, I mean, I was just meditating on some of that today. I, I, I don't know. I've actually thought to bring it. It's, this is in my journal from this, this morning. And I was just asking the Lord, like, what He has for me for this, for this season. Mm. And I'm not saying this is the answer to live fully truth, fully spirit. Yeah. But for me, this is what God's asking me to. And I think it's to walk closely, to listen carefully, to live faithfully, to obey courageously, to worship wholeheartedly, to serve sacrificially, and to trust absolutely. Hmm. Now, I, I say that to say, that's what God's told me to do. Yeah. Now, I can't stand in front of our church and, and command everyone to do that. But 
for now to for me to live hopefully in all truth and all spirit i feel like god's asking me to do to do this mm. so it, it is about relationship it is about it is about surrender and submission to to god and saying god what are you what are you calling me to you know in 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 this season i i hope and pray that i as a as a child of god as a follower of jesus i hope and pray that um one day before jesus returns i will get to that place maybe mm. of living in in both you know both and yeah. rather than either or i pray that as a church our church would get to 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 that place um I don't think we're there yet, but, mm. you know, I, I trust we would continue to grow towards that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think even on that note about the church, and maybe we can bring this episode to land, as you would say. <laughs> Which means you've got another 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love how you've really convicted me with this thought of how Jesus is returning for a mature bride, mm. right? And... You know, scripture interprets scripture, right? And so we know the Church of Acts would be the very first church. Mm. And oftentimes I feel like we look at the Church of Acts and we're like, man, we want to get back to Acts. Mm. We want to do what they were doing. Mm. But Christ is saying, no, I want a mature Church mm. of Acts. Mm. And that is such a, you know, I remember when you shared that, I was like, what does it even look like? Mm. You know, <laughs> I can barely comprehend the Church of Acts, let alone what does a mature Church of Acts look like? I have no idea. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I love that quote. Um, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to share on that real quick. It looks like you're flipping here in your Bible. Yeah. I mean, Ephesians 4, like for me, is just like, is, is what what it looks like that Jesus is doing with his, his bride, mm. with his body to prepare us to become that mature bride. And I mean, this is, this is worthy of a number of episodes, but just to kind of drop it in there, Ephesians 4. Uh, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers... Um, so he gives these, Jesus ascends to heaven. Before he does that, he gives to his bride these five leadership gifts, these five ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, mm. pastors, teachers, and evangelists. And it tells us why in verse 12, to equip his people for works of service. So it's not the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to do the work of service. Mm. It's for them to equip yeah. the people of God to do the works of service. Um why? So that we can be built up, so that we can be encouraged until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And he has the key and become mature, mm. attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So to your question, what does a mature church, a mature bride looks like? It looks like a church that is apostolic, prophetic, able to teach, able to evangelize, able to care for those who are coming into the church. Yeah, And I think as we grow in those five areas, not emphasizing one above the other, mm. but finding grace and space for each one of those aspects in the church, I think that's, that's when we start to look like a mature church that Jesus can come back for. Yeah, that's so good. And honestly, growing up, that's, that's kind of a passage I kind of uh, neglected myself. <laughs> <laughs> what is a modern-day apostle? I don't yeah. know. Well, that's... That's a, that's a controversial issue for another yeah, episode. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, throughout this episode, you guys were able kind of to pick up on our heart for what this this podcast is going to look like. I know we kind of focus more on the spirit side of the Spirit mm-hmm. and Truth podcast, but um, I think the audience that we know that's going to be listening to this has a good um, backing for what truth looks like mm-hmm. biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, 
yeah, we, we want to explore these different topics that we talked about um, while making much of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and that's our hope. And so uh, we don't know. Maybe this is just one episode and it's a narrative and that's it. And um, but, yeah, I think even Steve and I, as we were praying for this, we, you know, Steve, you prayed. You said we don't want to just kick something that's empty. Mm-hmm. And, right. And, and mm-hmm. if the spirit and truth podcast is meant to meant to bless people, it will. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we'd love to hear your guys' feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is blessed you, please share it. It's not even up on Apple Podcasts or anything. Yet, but, and questions, if people yes. have questions. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're hoping to explore some of the things that we talked about into, into greater in depth. I know we threw a lot. Um, if you have questions, we would love if you reached out. Um, I can probably point you to see better than I can myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, even to your local pastor, mm-hmm. you know, we're not claiming to be the final authority on these on these issues. And yeah. so... Um, yeah, we hope that if this is blessed you, that you would share it and and subscribe and mm. and continue to tune in. And so, yeah, Steve, those those are my closing thoughts. I don't know if you have anything else. No, just other than to say, I mean, what a what a joy and a delight to journey together. And I think that's um, you know the 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 journey that we have in Jesus, kind of going back to Galatians five, to keep in step with the Spirit, is never meant to be done alone. Mm. You know, we we are we are called to. To sharpen one another, we're called to journey together. This idea of, like you know, having private devotions, which I understand, and I I spend time alone with the Lord, but it's a very modern idea, you know. Yeah. It's only recently that in in church history that we've been able to have our own Bibles. Um, it was the people of God coming together to learn from one another, to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to 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 rebuke and challenge one another mm. you know which we mustn't forget about um and and, and I, I, it's my hope that through this podcast that this would be part of this learning together um not not one of us claiming we've got all the answers but learning together um yeah amen see we brought it to land within 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> But no, thank you, Steve. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, Hopefully we'll have another episode, but yeah, if not, we hope this blessed you.